revolution going on. And in my opinion, the young generation of white, black, brown, whatever else there is, you're living at a time of extremism, a time of revolution. What is it revolting again? The power structure. The American power structure? No. The French power structure? No. The English power structure? No. Then what power structure? An international Western power structure. And I, for one, will join in with anyone, don't care what color you are, as long as you want to change this miserable condition that exists on this earth. There's got to be a change. People in power have misused it, and now there has to be a change, and a better world has to be built, and the only way it's going to be built is with extreme methods. So what you and I have got to do is get involved. You and I have to be right there breathing down their throat. Every time they look over their shoulder, we want them to see us. Once those intentions are made known, we can get to the nitty-gritty of the problem. We can get to the core of the problem. We can get to the root of the problem. And then we can correct the problem. Listening to KU Radio's only podcast, OU Radio. And it hurts so good. Hello, and welcome to All Ute Radio with your hosts, Rebecca and Sasha. Hello, how is everyone doing today on this beautiful Thursday? I'm good, I'm also here. Oh boy. Yeah. That voice you hear is uh, our resident counselor, Jackson Banks. How are you, sir? I'm good, I just had the best show of my life. They, they get better and better, that's all Camp I have to say. Jackie. <laughs> we have a very special lady in studio, Kathy uh, Carlston. How are you? I'm doing great, how are you doing? It's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, you've had quite the tough life. I guess, but there's I been guess. some hilarious moments along the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's always cool. Uh, you had a tough moment in life. For sure. For sure. Definitely. Were I'm you? interested. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Alright. You grew up in Colorado. I did, yes. You were a student at Columbine High School. Yeah, I was a freshman and uh, was there when the incident happened in 1999. And, uh, the mass shooting. The mass shooting, yes. yes. Where did you see it? Were you uh, yeah, I um, was at the school at the time. I, uh, when it all started, I was in the cafeteria having lunch. And uh, the teacher who would eventually pass away uh, came into the, the cafeteria, uh, got onto a chair, and uh, told everybody to, to get down and be quiet because there was somebody with a gun outside. And uh, he got our attention so that when um, things started to escalate, we were able to run out of the the cafeteria I eventually ran into a science classroom and like we barricaded ourselves into the room but coach Sanders the the teacher who warned everybody and who would eventually die he came into our room and uh, was had a couple of gunshot wounds and uh, and we spent the afternoon uh, watching as a couple of Eagle Scouts compressed uh, his wounds and, and tried uh, to, to save his life but um, eventually he he did wind up passing away right after we were evacuated from the room and 
and yeah, like basically, it was just an extremely traumatic event for sure. And you're a freshman. Yeah, yeah. I, I just turned uh, 15 a few Start days before high that. high school. Yeah, yeah. Right before. As the if high school is not scary enough for a freshman. <laughs> yeah. So what does that do to your life? What does that do to the, your mindset towards humanism and good people out there? Well, the the part part of the the wonderful part of the story is how many people were in the school at the time who I got to personally witness doing heroic, awesome, amazing things. Like, yes, there were two uh, students who, who committed the atrocities that they did, but at the same time, there was a chemistry teacher who um, was roaming through the hallways and like checking on different classrooms and, uh, and checked on ours personally. He, she uh, got us help and uh, was on the phone with 911. And then there was another teacher who I remember uh, who I actually had for a class this semester before. And uh, she came into our room and just like kneeled down by, by different groups of students one by one and took their hands and just held their hands and, and just listened to, to whatever they were thinking about or whatever they were scared of. It was, it was just one of the most beautiful things that I've ever actually witnessed in my life. Just seeing her hold those hands was so beautiful to me. And there were other things too, but those were the two main striking images that I, I just, I'll never forget, you know? And I mean like, yeah, I, I do, agree that there is some amount of awfulness and evil in people, you know, but at the same time, I really do think that there's a tremendous amount of good, and, uh, and that is an extremely awesome and liberating thought for me. That's a unique outlook, because I'm not sure that a lot of people, after they see horrific things, are still trying to champion the human spirit. Was that learned to you by a psychologist? Was that learned to you by this teacher or by your parents? Or a support system that you enveloped going forward? I, I would say by my parents, mm -hmm. you know? Like, both of them are really awesome and, and kind and loving people. And uh, I, I did grow up religious, and I, I do believe that a lot of those values were instilled in me and, and still uh, continue to, to be things that I cherish, for sure. You know, just... And also just seeing people, you know, like watching as my friends and family grew up and, and just all the things that were inspiring and, and good and helpful and kind. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge believer in the power of kindness. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I really think that um, kindness and compassion are, are things that like will heal the world in a way. Columbine High School, the shooting there seemed to be the beginning of the mass shootings on high school and college campuses throughout the United States. It was it was certainly a large event in, in that chronological history, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was a big deal. And you've started a charity? I have. Um, so I've, I've started a 501c3. Um, it's called resilienthope.org. Um, you can reach it by typing in resilienthope or rehope.org. And uh, like basically what in the years after Columbine, I went on to uh, get a degree in film. I worked on feature films such as Oscar and Powerful, The Avengers, Captain America, and uh, others. When the massacres in um, Newtown and Aurora and Boston and, and other places happened, I uh, decided to make a free online resource that is video-based, so basically making videos uh, that are going to be accessible online for free for anyone who's gone through trauma or anyone who's affected by trauma and their friends and family. So, yeah. and uh, 
yeah, the idea is to have it be online for free for anybody out there who needs to hear a voice of hope. That's cool. So every time you see one of these sh shootings on the news, what does your mind and heart go to? I, I, I just, I, my heart always reaches out to the people that are affected, you know? Like, I just, I remember being that 15-year-old scared girl in that, in that science classroom, and what I always wish that I could do is just give them a giant hug and let them know that even though it sucks, you know, like there, there's no way to, to return what's been lost, but there's still hope and there's still good things waiting around the corner somehow. And that things will eventually be okay. They might not heal completely ever, per completely, but yeah. they'll heal a whole heck of a lot and they'll be okay. As a, I mean, 15 is pretty young. Yeah. And just starting, you talked about how you had that teacher come in and talk to the students. What were some of the things like, I think it's hard to put yourself there if you've never been there and think like, what would I worry or what would I think about or what would my like thoughts be racing on? What, yeah. what kind of, I mean, do you remember like specific things you thought or? I do. Um, well, when I very first heard Coach Sanders, you know, warn us while I was still in the cafeteria, I thought it was a senior prank. <laughs> I thought it was just a joke, frankly. Um, but eventually, you know, like, well, I had a friend who, uh, who got my attention by, by saying, Kathy, I, I think this is serious. And that, that got me focused. Um, and eventually in the room, what I worried about, I, I wouldn't, I intentionally didn't let myself worry about my family because I knew it would be too much and I wouldn't be able to function. So I worried about my cousins. I, I have like a billion cousins in Utah <laughs> and, uh, and we're all at ease. It, yeah. It's almost like having uh, siblings who are supposed to be nice to you. It's really <laughs> cool. And, uh, and so I, I just, I, I worried about them, you know, like what it would be like for them if I wasn't there the next yeah. day type of thing. Did you have family in the school as well or I was did. it just you? It was my sister. My sister was a junior. Um, she actually got out pretty early, but I didn't know. But basically she spent the afternoon worried about me yeah along with my and parents you didn't know that she was out yeah you just thought, I, I didn't you know you I didn't know where she was right exactly and I you know again intentionally didn't let myself worry about her while I was yeah. in the room um eventually we were evacuated and I found out from like I found my dad at the local library and gave him a big hug and he told me that Liz was fine and mom and and her were heading home and and it, it worked out but you know it was it was worrisome did yeah. you go back to that high school? I did. I actually graduated from that high school. How um, does that? Yeah. I could never really see my mother allow yeah. that. Like, <laughs> let alone still live in the same state. Really like, yeah. she would have. She would have homeschooled yeah, you for like, sure. Yeah. My mom would have pulled me out and been like, homeschool yeah. or another country. <laughs> so, you're the first. You're really from that freshman class. You're the first graduating uh, class yeah, from that. Yeah, they did all four yeah. years yeah. after the shooting, I, I suppose. Yeah. Wow. Every day, were you scared of another copycat? or? No. Um, I worried a lot when 9-11 happened, you know? Yes. Like, um, I, you know, being my 16-year-old sure. self and, and just not sure who was being targeted or anything like that. But, man, 9-11 was really hard for me, too, just because I, I remember, like, the media, the way that yeah. the media treated a lot of my friends um, – was extremely take us through that. What do you like, mean? Uh, people jumping fences to take pictures. Reporters and photojournalists. Photojournalists, uh, you know, just being way invasive. Yeah, extremely invasive, and and calling people uh, all the time. And like my my one of my best friends lost her brother, and she had to change her number. Like their family had to make their number unlisted because it just got to be too much. And I remember feeling kind of a kinship to a lot of the people in New York just yeah. to 
to you know like like my heart just reached out to them and you know again with the I, I just wish I could let them know unforeseen trauma you know, it's kind of the them. same yeah yeah so now you work in entertainment I do you work from some of the most successful movies made in the last 10 years mm-hmm. their emphasis is violence to entertain that is true seems like an odd thing to go into um I never really thought about that. <laughs> like, well, I guess it's odd. Yeah, I mean, like, well, except for the flying monkeys, that was the main source yeah. of violence and was great and powerful. <laughs> um, like, I, I don't know. My my own personal views. Um, I I'm not necessarily. Well, I don't know. I, I I'm not really sure how okay, to. Okay, so that so one, we'll move forward. <laughs> What do you do? You're a graphic designer, correct? I am. I, I uh, design the graphics for the 4, 5, 6, 9, and 10. At ABC. ABC 4. Okay. What about when you were working on Avengers and Captain America and all that kind of stuff? Were you a graphic designer there, too? Uh, I, I did visual effects. For visual oh, effects. Cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, Jackson's so like, Making cool. stuff look like it blows up. And oh, man. Yeah, like, we, we worked <laughs> on uh, Ghost Rider 2, and uh, it was my job for about a month to help my team uh make or burn off Nicolas Cage's face. Whoa, <laughs> you're that person. Yeah. Like the, wow. You're that a, person. There's a sequence in the middle where he's like holding the ghost in. Yeah. And, and yeah, we were, that was our sequence. It was really super fun. So they, they assign teams to specific scenes. Yeah, basically. like different studios oh. will bid on uh, on different sequences and, and whatever, yeah, whoever gets awarded whatever shots. But usually they keep them the same sequences with the same-ish studios. So you live in L.A.? I, I lived in L.A. for about three months. I worked cool. for a company called Rhythm and Hughes. Cool. Um, and uh, that's kind of a, a story in and of itself. Um, <laughs> but uh, before that, the main place that I lived was San Francisco, and I worked at a studio called Evil Eye Pictures where we worked on uh, six of the seven feature films that I worked on. And I worked on R- RAPD in L.A. at Rhythm cool. and Hughes. And, uh, they wound up actually going bankrupt, uh, which is kind of a terrible thing. But... If that hadn't happened, um, I don't think I'd be in Utah right now. And like, so do you often have 22-hour editing sessions then? Because I can do. I'm very good with audio editing. Uh-huh. I'm very functional as a television editor. Cool. Sure but is. I can't stand it. Like, okay. ha- teach me how to stand it, how to be <laughs> successful, because it's tedious. Yeah. Um, yeah. That you have to be so patient. You have to be so adverse to being stressed out you yeah. have t- and that and this is not even counting your bosses or the multi-million dollar project that has to be turned in and on a calendar today mm. how did you learn to do this that's a good question i um i think i'm uh, just my temperament is mm-hmm. naturally patient and chill mm-hmm. um but also my bosses were fantastic they mm-hmm. were fantastic willing people. to teach you well, willing to teach me, but also, like, I mean, there was a, a point, I, I remember uh, we worked on a movie um, where we were about a month behind on mm-hmm. our deadline, and therefore the studio that I'm working for is bleeding money, mm-hmm. right? And the, the president, the boss, he was so chill and so kind and just just awesome. And, I mean, like, in a situation where he really could have been freaking out mm-hmm. and, like, throwing desks at the artists or whatever, um, he was like, you know what? He was just so zen about it. You're probably used to it. Yeah, probably used to it, but also <laughs> just has that, that kind of, like, that decision, or has made that decision to, mm-hmm. like, not, not freak stress. out and, and yeah. be kind and, and thoughtful and, and uh, 
you know, cause I, I, I would submit that bosses that are like that actually get more results out of their employees. Definitely. Yeah. When Definitely. I when I scream and shriek at my employees, they never are as good for me. So <laughs> and I'm just on the verge of losing it. And for some reason, they don't respond to that. I don't know. Fear <laughs> is not a good motivator. Yeah. What is your asking rate visual effects for my film if I said I, I need your help? Oh, it, it would depend <laughs> on the shots. Um, okay. Because every shot is different. And... Uh, uh, yeah, it, it would be a shot by shot. Basis. I need an angel to come out of heaven and pick me up and take <laughs> me into the sky. <laughs> oh Are you man. making a movie? Yeah, I'm. Oh, all the time, honey. But one with an angel? Yes. Ah, oh, yes. That's awesome. gonna be good. That's it's very bad. short. <laughs> yeah. You'll love it. You'll like it. Well, very uh, sappy. Yeah, I, mean, I can give you my card after this for sure. Please do. I'd love to. I'd love to maybe work with you if I could ever afford it. But if I, I can ever. I work for this big insurance company now, so I kind of have a lot of money. So I would love to hire. I'll you. <laughs> <laughs> on State Street, but Jackie, Jackie, good deal. I'm all funds for that. Okay, sounds so good. Did you learn? Did you get into editing through Photoshop as a young girl? Is that kind of the, the Oedipus of... Well, like, I, I, I was always super good at art, mm -hmm. like, and just drawing yeah. in general, like... Um, which, which means she's stunningly good, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can see my, right. my portfolio at kathycarlsonart.com. Cool. Anyway, but, what? Um, yeah. We'll have to link that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, nerdy art people, right? But basically, yeah. um, I've always been able to draw, paint, sculpt, whatever. And then I went to school in... Uh, at a school in... Emeryville. Uh, well, actually, I have two degrees. I have a degree in marriage, family, human development from well, BYU. Look at you. Uh -huh. And then uh, <laughs> I, I have a degree in animation and visual effects oh, from wow. Expression College for Digital cool. Arts. Yeah, it's Which rad. is a, that's a full cell type university. It's not uh, just an art school. It is just, well, I don't know. It is a full university-ish. It's a private college. Mm -hmm. um, any listener out there who is considering going to a very expensive art school, don't Google just, just Google everything. You know, like everything that you need to know is online, and find a network of people that can critique your work. Because art school is expensive, and well, it's not. Here's the thing. I enjoyed it, but it's not worth it. I'm intimidated <laughs> by search engines, and I don't like <laughs> being criticized. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Well, maybe it's time to go into insurance. Well, uh, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I got a lot of people lined up ready to buy my policies, so awesome. I'll be fine. <laughs> That's rad. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, so basically just um, in terms of getting into visual effects, I, I always wanted to work on movies, um, but I went through a pretty significant depression at BYU, kind of lost my way for a while. And then the the recession happened right when I graduated. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find a job anywhere. Yeah. And uh, In Utah? In, in Utah or California. I actually like had a, I had a, an uncle who offered to let me crash in this place after mm -hmm. I graduated and it was like the best thing that ever happened to me he's out in uh in California like Walnut Creek Bay Area sure. type of thing and uh and eventually I just started well <laughs> I made like a couple grand worth of uh art gigs um on Craigslist at some point when I was looking for work and I decided I should probably learn how to do this properly instead of just making it up as I go. Yeah. Uh, and so enrolled in, in school and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Got a job <laughs> about three months after. So how do you get into Hollywood? Is that where luck. you? Luck. 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 I mean, luck and, and being really, really, really persevering. Yeah, yeah, persistent. That's I was like word. definitely persistent. Probably. Yeah. I mean, like I sent out, um, every time I look for a job, I sent out probably 50, 60, maybe 100 
I made it up to about 144 what? resumes. Um, Whoa. And I heard back, my initial, after I graduated from school, I sent out about 50, and I heard back from one place, which was Evil Eye, <laughs> which, you know, like, yeah. was my career, es- essentially. And um, so it worked out. But, like, if, if they're, I believe, and I might be wrong about this, but they had had their entire match move team put in their two weeks mm-hmm. right when I sent my stuff to them. So it was just kind of... Luck. Huge luck, yeah. Just and I happen to be really good at match moving, so you know it, it really worked out in my favor. But at the same time, like I'm not sure how to recreate that. I, I have a really great reel now. Back then, I don't know if I would have made it in the same way. So you're working in news with yeah. Mr. George Severson. Uh huh. Who's the most adorable person? We were ever. talking about him. Quite Greatest man in the world. Like, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's super rad. Why go into news? Why go into journalism? I like the pace of TV. Um, Mm. I like that the quality isn't as scrutinized for no reason, but also, uh, frankly, see that bothers me. (laughs) That bothers. No, I no because if you watch the news from the early '80s, late '70s, especially the '60s, it was it was Emmy. Every show was Emmy quality. Yeah, Yeah, totally. So I, I take great offense to the standards in television today not being high. Is that why I don't like the news? Is because they're they're half-assing it or what well, it's not that they're half-assing it it's they're understaffed time. yeah they're understaffed ah. and that's, what that's the budget mm-hmm. well that's what i meant by you know i wasn't tuning in hostile to the news i just that's <laughs> a, that's a, this is my slang for understaffed it's go to ku radio doc go under talk or? radio and go back and listen to george severson's interviews or randall carlisle or Glenn Mills, and they'll break it down to you on why okay. the well, media is where it is. All right. You know. Yeah. I was out of line. You were. How out dare you? Out of line, <laughs> Jackie. So you, As usual. You're going to want to go into producing in news? You're going to want to, or do you just want to stay in the arts side of it? I, um, and do you well, re- honestly, what I'd like to do is uh, do Brazilian Hope full time, if, oh. that's, if that's possible. Okay. Um, like, so basically, I am a 501c3, and any donation is tax deductible. And if I can, you know, raise enough money to be sustainable, then that's what I want to do full time. I think it would be fantastic and dream come true. But at the same time, like, I, I would love to stay in the art department of the news. It mm-hmm. just sort of depends on what happens in the future. And, stuff, and when, so. when did you start Resilient Hope? Well, I launched the website in March of last year, but okay. I got my tax exempt status uh, at the end of. June of this year okay. and I've been setting up uh, you know just different things like a donate video and yeah. stuff like that that's now live and uh, I look pretty cute and <laughs> it's always cool and um, um, is there a Twitter feed for that? there is it's one resilient hope but oh, you're gonna have to I, I don't I'm gonna write Twitter down everything I need to, it, it's mostly on Facebook that I've I've been updating but one resilient hope is where our Twitter is and uh yeah, so basically just kind of getting everything How do you spell ground. resilient for the people that aren't good at spelling? Yeah, no problem. It's R-E-S-I-E, uh, wait, <laughs> R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T. Yes. I think I just See that trick, everybody? <laughs> I got her to spell it because I can't spell. See that trick? <laughs> I won the spelling bee. That's resilient great. how? Yeah. Would you, what would you say, I mean, obviously resiliency, but what are some of the ways that the things that you went through in your adolescence and growing up, what ways have they like affected you in a lasting, like your personality or your yeah. ethics or 
Yeah, like, um, I, I would say it's helped me to be more compassionate in a lot of ways. But at the same time, like, there were a lot of years where I just was so hurt and and felt like I couldn't really trust people. Mm. It'd be like, hard not to be better. Yeah. Did I you know who they were when it was happening or did any was it kind of just like yeah, a mass confusion prior? Uh, it was it was pretty mass confusion esque. Yeah. But also I was a freshman and they were seniors. Yeah. So I never met them. Uh. Like I think my sister had us with one of them, but okay. that was about it. It was a pretty big high school. Yeah, like it was like 2,000 students. Oh. 2,000? Okay. So at the time of the actual shooting, though, you no one really knew who it was or what was going on. Right. It was just like... Yeah, I mean, and I remember we wa- we actually watched the news a little bit while we were trapped in the room. Oh. And, uh, and there were a couple of teenagers who were, like, um, being arrested outside the school. Like, I, I don't know why they were there. I think they were just being, like, dorky kids. Or yeah. Like, yeah. Hey. Let's wear these (laughs) offensive jackets, and I don't know what happened. It was anyway, but basically, yeah, I I never actually knew the the shooters at all. But I, I didn't know the victims particularly well. But I did have classes with a few of them, and um, so then coach were drugs, sex, um, depression, a theme at your after the shootings. Say no, but also I was probably really sheltered, mm-hmm. you know, like just a little Mormon kid and whatever. You're like, I don't know. No, I'm just yeah, curious if you would take the Columbine school f- for four years and then another high school in a similar town setting, and if there were escalations in depressions and behaviors that you know weren't good I, for you. I would say depression certainly. I'm not sure about the behaviors though. You know, like um, most of my friends were super you know, clean cut, cool people yeah. that just weren't into that. But in, in terms of, you know, like PTSD is a very real thing. Yeah. yeah. And there were a lot of tears and a lot of hugs and like banding together and, and but also hurt feelings for sure. I'm sure that's something that's like a remaining shadow, I guess, throughout the rest of your high school. I mean, something yeah. that is a constant, like you come back to it, I'm sure in mm-hmm. like it, well, and, official and, and unofficial ways. Yeah. What were some of the ways though that you... I mean, I've schools. I've been in a lot of schools dealing with just different kinds of tragedy. Uh-huh. But what were some of the ways your school and as you went through high school and graduated with that being kind of like a backdrop on the start of your high school career? Well, I, I'm not sure, but I definitely remember the teachers being extremely, extremely rad and accessible. And like, even though I didn't necessarily take them up on it, I, I knew that if I needed to just you know, like vent or cry or, or just whatever. I could go into my history class or I could go into my mm-hmm. choir class and just be like, hey, I'm having a hard time right now. And they would understand and they would be, like be okay. And we had a lot of assemblies. I remember um, when we first went back to school in my sophomore year, so the year after, uh, the parents like made this human tunnel for us to run through, I, I think. It's been a while, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure that's what they did. I, I do remember everybody wore their, their We Are Columbine shirts. Yeah. And, and that was cool, although I, you know, I'm sure I was being a punk teenager who was too yeah. cool for stuff like that, You're but like, I, I do remember I'm not running. I, I appreciate it now. So. Do you think you guys were more united then as a school after, or uh, was it kind of like a... I do and I don't yeah. at the same time. I mean, like, I, I remember, uh, so we actually finished up our, our school year at the rival high school, uh, Chatfield, and I just remember certain events and certain things that happened that made me feel like we hadn't learned our lesson. You yeah. know, like like people were still high school kids and high school kids can be jerks Neat. to each other. 
And it, it was like that was actually part of where my mistrust in people, yeah, came from. It, it just it felt like to me like of all the people that should know better, we should know better. Yeah. And it didn't quite click. You kind of expected more after yeah. something like that. Yeah. But looking back, it, it's kind of to be expected. And, and a lot of times people, or at least when, when I've gone through other difficult things and when I'm in the middle of it, I kind of revert to my set ways and my set, like, flaws. And, and, yeah. and it just takes time to kind of redouble out of that. I don't know. I mean, but, but basically, like, watching people as they've grown up, like, albeit, you know, through Facebook and through that lens, it's been really cool to see how awesome and successful people have wound up being. And we had our 10-year reunion ago, and um, yeah, it was just was really cool. It was, it was really rad. I mean, like, I was kind of freaked out to go. Also, I, I felt very insecure because my, my outfit that I had packed, like, I got a, a tear in it right before I had to go. And so I'm, like, in this hippie dress. I'm, like, what the heck is this? I, I, I just thought that I looked You were, like, goofy. no, this yeah. is as bad as the tunnel. Right? Like, oh, crap. Oh. But um, it was just really fun to, to catch up with, with people, like, a, a lot of people who were picked on. Like, I had this really awesome talk with this, this guy who people were just so mean to. Yeah. But he's, like awesome and successful and like does all this cool stuff now I'm like dude you rock I, I was I was really delighted by that for sure and I don't know but and it was it was really cool I, I really enjoyed the whole reunion experience and got to catch up with people that I hadn't seen because I, I left for college pretty much immediately after graduation and I haven't lived there for a significant didn't amount of look time back too yeah much. I, I definitely looked back but at the same time I, I didn't have an opportunity to live there again and even if it came around I would hesitate to move back there yeah. just because I'd rather have adventures in other places I suppose but what, what do you think of people making claims about the cause of it you know stuff like Bowling for Columbine and things like that you know I actually never watched Bowling for Columbine um, except for in my films class they showed a little montage about like a cartoon with mm. a bullet as the main character or something like that it was like for gun rights or I don't, I don't yeah, really remember. Yeah. I find it a much more empowering and important conversation to discuss what we can do now to help heal and help comfort versus you know who do we mad at you know like I, I, I just because I, I don't think that we'll ever know what quote-unquote cause things um, yeah but at the same time we have we always have the opportunity to take care of who's still here you know and and that that's kind of the goal behind resilient hope as well oh and and one of my favorite aspects of resilient hope is that it has the potential to take for me at least uh, one of the the most difficult things that i've been through and turn it on its head and have it become something that helps other people yeah which then they can take their experience and turn on that on its head and um, yeah. use it to help other people down the line yeah i just think that's awesome do you do you feel like a, a certain responsibility as someone who's experienced that to, to kind of reach out and help other people is that i do that's um, kind of the motivation yeah and also like i have the skill set to um to, to do what i need to do yeah and i mean like it just like i really started to move on this project in January of 2013 because it just dawned on me like hey so I have this experience and and therefore a, an, an aspect of expertise 
Yeah. At least as to my own experience with it. I have the film skills. I have a network of film people and therapeutic resources as well. Yeah. I mean, like, worst case scenario, like, nobody goes to the site and it's just, you know, something that exists in Someone cyberspace. Someone sees on it a someday. S- a server. Yeah, exactly. And, and best case scenario is it helps people. And I, like, I just remember, like, uh, long story, but I'm, I'm gay. And I remember how helpful seeing different videos of people's stories was for you for me in in that aspect and think that seeing that in in another realm can help a whole another demographic of people that are in a great amount of pain so yeah i think we're super cool do you ever hear of any of like your who are doing similar things or who are starting some of those well um i don't know a ton about it i should know more but there's this rad guy uh named samuel who uh, is doing a documentary called Columbine Broken Minds, and he did, like, the Stateline special. I, I still need to sit down and watch it, but yeah. basically from people that, that did watch it, it, they had a really great experience and all said that it was amazing. But I don't. I haven't heard anybody necessarily do exactly what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I, I'd like to make it a You've free resource that's, that's uh, concise, uh, entertaining, but also um, reflects reality and, yeah, and, and helpful that's for people. Cool. Well, if you so. ever need a camera operator to help you with the project, so yeah, I will gladly work for free for you. So. That would be cool. And, well, and, and part of the aspect, what I wanted to, what, why I waited for so long to really move forward with this was because I wanted to get the 501c3 status so that people could donate and so I could pay my artists. Because mm-hmm. I know it takes a lot of skill and yeah. expertise to run cameras and to edit and to do sound and everything else. Like film is a really collaborative but very skill-focused um, art and uh yeah yeah totally and um and so i just really want to be in a position where i can compensate people before you know because i know i can get tons of people to volunteer yeah but those are the people that i'd rather pay yeah you know so that's um, cool yeah so we'll, we'll see how this goes a cool way to turn cool. it around give yeah. johnny a bunch of your pamphlets so that we can get them yeah. here on campus and yeah. start getting them out We'll do. I, I have a bunch of business cards on Beautiful. Me. What, what? Well, yeah. me too. Like, yeah. Do you get, do you feel like kind of a sense of a relief or for like classmates to actually create media about the event? Like do you, do you kind of root for like their perspective to be shown? Do you feel like it's more, more legitimate? Yeah. I, I would, s- well, I, I definitely root for them. I don't know about more or less legitimate, but I also do think that having that voice is extremely important yeah you know like um i i don't feel entirely that you know like hey you have to be through a high profile something or other in order to have people pay attention to mm-hmm. to you no, um, of course. but at the same time if that high profile aspect gets the message out and if that message helps people then i'm all bonds for that but yeah like but yeah, I, I'm definitely rooting for like Samuel, and and there's other projects that are going on right now too that I think are, are just so cool. Crazy. Well, thank you for coming in. That's yeah. a story. I uh, embrace your championship on this. I, I think it's a beautiful thing you're doing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Super cool. So give us one last time where people can tune in, to support this uh, website, this foundation for you. Yeah. So it is www.resilienthope. Org, or you can type in rehope.org if that is better. Um, and then just go to the donate page. We accept PayPal. 
and we're you know just definitely very very grateful for any support that we can get if you're a poor college student is three bucks five bucks okay uh, <laughs> yeah and i will still uh, give you a receipt for that you can use uh, as a tax a tax deduction okay oh, so, yeah so if i have an old car can i bring it to you for <laughs> that tax rebate so that you can sell it and do all that does it still run because my fiance's car kind of died <laughs> you're like listen <laughs> well, let's talk after because no, some charities like you can give away yeah you know, I, cars I, I don't and stuff. um we we might be able to uh but i, I it would be easier to have the the cash mm-hmm. the, just that. give her the money Sasha. just give her the money Sasha. i'll give you my horse pig. I got a dozen fresh eggs over here for you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I do like eggs. Well, I do like it. <laughs> There'll be breakfast for my entire week. What? We're going to go to break. Also, everyone, tune in to ABC4. Good for Utah. Goodforutah.com. Yeah. Watch them on Channel 4 at your local television show. Mm-hmm. And uh, support them because they do good work there. So we appreciate you. Thank, Thank you so much. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white The bright blessed days, the dark sacred night And I think to myself, what a wonder